more time for the children. Oh, all righty, fantastic. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter and um, uh, confession time. Come on, who's had some chocolate already this morning? I had mine with my Greek yogurt. And strawberries and blueberries and things like that. But uh, confession time, isn't it? And, uh, and uh, <laughs> hey, uh, happy Easter. And uh, what a day. What, a, what an incredible, beautiful day that we have to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. For those who don't know me, allow me just to quickly introduce myself. My name is Steve Fitzalan. I'm part of the ministry team here at Door of Hope Christian Church, married to the lovely Karen, have been for in our 24th year. We have two children. In fact, I'm wrong. One of those children turned 18 this week, and she's on the front row here today. And so uh, I, am a, I am a father to an adult child. Is that what you say? Oh, you, you need, I need some help on that one. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if, I'm, if you don't see me around here, I'm often running out in the streets or uh, wherever you can find me out there. I just love to run and uh, be out there and, uh, in the fresh air. But let me pray as we get started here, as we open the word on Resurrection Sunday. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the wisdom of your word. Um, as we take time to meditate on these uh, verses, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our understanding, give us ears to hear, we pray, eyes to see and hearts to respond. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Isn't it great to have the children in with us this morning? Thanks, children. It's great to have you here with us. Hey, we know that we're a part of a bigger picture, don't we? And um, it's amazing to consider just in these first few moments that you and I, we are joining, by the way, we welcome those who are online community this morning from locally, nationally, even around the world. We're joining literally with thousands of congregations across the globe, of course, in different time zones, in different languages and different cultures, which is a wonderful thing. All proclaiming to the, the same Savior and Lord that Jesus Christ conquered the grave, that we are one big congregation and we give one big shout. Amen? And so, what, which brings me to the thinking of what, what news and what message is there? Is there that is worth shouting about? What proclamation and announcement demands that we raise the level of our voice? I can think of a few. Maybe your neighbor's house was burning down. I think that would raise the level of your voice. I think a, a protest march, if we were marching along in a protest, we would raise the level of our voice. Maybe, maybe for you, not for me, but maybe your favorite sports team were winning a final of sorts. It would cause you to raise the level of your voice. <sighs> I long for those days. <laughs> Maybe you would win a big prize of sorts. You wouldn't stay quiet for long. And so here's the news on Easter Sunday. If you're visiting with us and you're new to this church thing, bear with us because we're going to start raising, we're going to start shouting about the one man who claimed that he could bring and give people everlasting, abundant life. Yes, he was killed, but got back up. He rose again from the dead. He's changed the world forever. He's alive and he is risen. Yeah? <laughs> 
Psalm 22, I've been reflecting on Psalm 22 this, this week for, for some reason, I think it predicts the suffering of our Savior. You see, it was predicted on the cross that Jesus would cry out, Psalm 22 verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the psalm begins with this, uh, with the anguish of the cross, the humiliation and the pain that comes with that. But as the psalm continues on, I encourage you to do this uh, this week, read it this week, it starts to change completely. It goes from the anguish of the cross to the accomplishment of the cross at the very end of the psalm. And it reads like this. The poor will eat and be satisfied. And that's a good thing. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. Verse 27. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness. Wait for it. Declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Can you say that with me? He has done it. Come on, children. He has done it. You see, in this psalm, Psalm 22, the psalmist anticipates an ever-growing number of people throughout history who would become followers of him but would also worship him and make that declaration. And as that number increases, guess what else increases? The volume would get louder and louder. And that is exactly what happened. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, his followers turned up the volume of their message. 300 times, in fact, in the New Testament, it speaks of the resurrection. It was the theme of the apostles who preached the gospel. Gospel meaning good news. It's good news. And so we have something to sing about. And we have something to shout about. Is that okay? One more time. We can do, give a bit of a shout this morning. Come on. Come on. Shout it out. Yeah. There we go. So let's go to the Easter story. Let's go to the Easter story. Because the original script says, uh, talks about the angel giving these women four invitations when they come to the tomb to come, see, go, and tell. To come, see, go, and tell. Say this with me. Come, see, go, and tell. These are the four invitations from the Easter story. Matthew 28, verse 1 to 8 says this. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Where'd they go? To look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from where? From heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone. I love this detail rolled back the stone and sat on it. It's kind of as if the angel kind of said, well, I did, I did the work. And he just, he just, I love the detail that Matthew puts into this passage. By the way, by the way, the angel is not moving the stone in order to let Jesus out. 
The angel is moving the stone in order to let everyone outside of the tomb into the tomb. More of that in a moment. His appearance, the angel, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards, the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Just as he said, here we go, here we go. These are the four invitations. Come and see the place where he lay. Then what? Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. These mixed emotions. Afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. The first part of the Easter invitation is this. It's an invitation to come. To come. Now, as we think about what these women are feeling in this moment of time... There would have been so much keeping them from, in fact, coming into the tomb that day. I think the first thing that would have kept them coming back is, the, is, the, is fear, that natural fear, the sense of the unknown of what they're coming to. The angel said, do not be afraid. But a natural response from any human, especially these women this time of history, would have been fear. Here's why. Cemeteries are interesting places, aren't they? Cemeteries are interesting places. Some would say, in fact, a little bit scary, depending on what time of the day you go. But they come. We go to cemeteries to pay our respect. We go to remember the life of a loved one. or uh, We remember the funeral that was held there. It's a bittersweet kind of... Um, place to be. It's the last contact we had with our loved one. It's generally not somewhere, it's not a common place we would go for lunch. We wouldn't say to somebody, let's go to lunch at the cemetery. We just wouldn't, would we? Now, by the way, the angel, the angels, we're not surprised, are we? We're not surprised that angels are attending the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the greatest event in all of history. This is the event that all of heaven was anticipating. We're not surprised that the angels showed up at the, first of all, the incarnation of Jesus. They were um, um, singing uh, in the skies of Bethlehem, singing his praises. Secondly, uh, the angels were represented at the temptation of Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness, and an angel, angels ministered unto him, we're told, in Mark. The third is the, the affliction of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, facing his greatest earthly trial. And here he is, finding himself in great agony. And God sends an angel from heaven and to minister to Jesus. And here we find, at the resurrection of Jesus, we're not surprised. In fact, I think we would expect it. By the way, the word angel in the Greek means messenger. And 34 of the books of the Bible uh, mention angels, 17 in the Old Testament, 17 in the New Testament. And so these women have all the right to fear um, what 
could have kept them coming to, into the tomb. Another thing that could have kept these women coming to the empty tomb was confusion. Confusion. Here they find themselves looking uh, at a dead man. Um, they're looking for a dead man. They're not, uh, not an empty tomb. Now, of course, um, uh, this was an ancient um, practice in terms of it was customary to visit the grave of a loved one and to anoint the body. And that's what they come to do. They wanted to, just as you and I do, to pay their respect to somebody who had died. And so here they are. They find themselves looking for the body, but they find an empty tomb. Fear, confusion, another thing, intimidation. Verse 4 says there were guards there were guards there. These were most possibly very strong men guarding the tomb. In fact, trained killers. That's what they did for a job. These could have been intimidating for the women who would come to see the guards in front of the tomb, probably armed. And so here we go. We've got fear. We've got confusion. And we also have intimidation. But guess what? The women come. They invite, the, the angel invites these women to come inside. By the way, the word come is one of the great words of the gospel. Jesus invites people to come. When the disciples said to Jesus, teacher, where are you staying? Jesus' response says, he said, come, come and see. When the disciples tried to push the children away, Jesus said, let the children come to me, to the rich young man um, who was curious about eternal life. Jesus said, come, follow me, and you will have treasure in heaven. When Peter and the others were in the boat, when Jesus walked on water in the Sea of Galilee, Peter said, Master, if, you t if, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. His word was always, always, always Come, come to walk with him, come to follow him, even from earth into heaven. So my question to you, and it's a personal question to you this morning is this, have you come to Jesus Christ personally? And if not, can I go a little bit further and say, what's keeping you? What's keeping you from trusting him What's keeping you from believing in him? Maybe if I could put it this way. What is the rock that you've rolled in front of your heart? Is it fear? Is it confusion? Or is it intimidation? Because he is able to supernaturally roll the stone of unbelief away in your life. And so this word come, it's a refreshing word. In fact, so refreshing, so inviting, because we've got to get the context here, because the, the religion of Jesus' day was not inviting. It was, not in, it was intimidating. It wasn't inviting. It wasn't that open arm and welcome. It was closed and folded arms. They didn't necessarily welcome people. They kept people back. And so the religious system of Jesus' day was very intimidating. And there are approximately 6,000 Pharisees in the day, a very tight group, a restrictive group, and Jesus would refer to them as impossible religious demands. In fact, 
overprotective of the laws of God. It's kind of like a spiritual fence to keep people in. But when you try to keep people in, it's that same fence that so many people feel like they're being kept out. And so of the day, it was highly restrictive, overprotective, and to be honest, mostly negative. And so this made you feel, no matter how much you worked and how hard you tried, it was never, ever good enough. And so imagine how refreshing, just for a moment, it was when people heard Jesus say, come, come, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So my question to you this morning is, have you come to Jesus personally? Because his arms are wide open for you. The second invite from the angel is to come and, do you remember the second word? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see where he lay. This word see means to understand. It means to experience, to encounter. Now we would say, come and check it out. Come and check it out. Come and investigate for yourself. And so if the first word come is a word of invitation, the second word, see, is a word of investigation. Come, see, come and experience and encounter, check it out. You see, you don't necessarily say come and see if you have something to hide. You say come and see if you have something to show other people. I just want to make it very clear here this morning, if you're coming and you're, and you're seeing for yourself, that Christianity has nothing at all to hide. And that's why we run a course here called Alpha. A little bit of a shout from the Alpha team. Anyone from the Alpha team? Hey, there we go. Alpha is a 10-week course exploring the Christian faith. It's an open discussion. We have run courses throughout the year. They are free, including free food. <laughs> and uh, you are welcome. In fact, contact our welcome desk or email us in for more information in regards to that. But we invite everybody to come and investigate the claims of Jesus through this course and see for yourself if Jesus isn't real and able and alive and able to transform your life. By the way, by the way, something to consider here is that, well, what are these women invited to in fact see? They've come to the tomb. What are they invited to see? I just want to suggest a couple of things this morning. And it's this. The first thing, in looking at the empty tomb, that they would see the humility of Jesus. By looking into the, inside the tomb, they would see just how far God would go coming to earth, leaving the splendor and beauty of heaven, die and be buried in a tomb, who made himself nothing, it shows you the humility of Jesus. Not only that, that you would see, you would also see the reality of sin. You see, it was sin that killed the Son of God. He died for your and my sin. And I know, I know that sin is not a popular subject. I know that sin is mocked, sin is ridiculed, sin is laughed at, it is not taken seriously. But I want you to know that Jesus took sin very seriously. In fact, so serious that he left uh, all of heaven 
to come to earth to take upon our personal sin upon himself. He paid the price. You see, what you would see is the humility of Jesus. You would also see the reality of sin. The third thing you would see is the mortality of man. You see, when you look at a grave, guess what you're looking at? You and I find ourselves looking at your, my, our future. A cemetery is where we're all going to end up. Well, our physical bodies anyway, because here's what Christians believe. Christians believe that those who die in Christ share eternal life with him. Death to those with the faith in God is simply a gateway into eternity. The fourth thing I think that they would see is the victory of Christ over death. The victory of Christ over death. We can start getting excited in a moment if you like. Because when Jesus died, he conquered sin. But when Jesus rose, he conquered death. You see, Easter is the death of death. Are you keeping up? Easter is the death of of death. And so what was the angel trying to get them to see? Nothing. Absolutely nothing in the tomb. And that's the point. Nothing. Yes, the humility of Jesus. Yes, the reality of sin. Yes, the the mortality of man. Yes, the victory of Christ over death. Yes, but here's what the angel wanted them to see. Come, look, and see nothing. He's not here. He is risen. And the angel wanted them to see the victory of Christ over death once and for all. What were the four words? Come, see. Last two words. Go and tell. Go and tell. Come, see. Go. And tell, because once you come and once you see, don't stay at the empty tomb. The angel wants to turn their fascination into proclamation to go and tell. Now that you've come, now that you've seen, it's time to go and tell others what you have seen. The glorious, life-changing gospel of Jesus. Come, see, but go and tell. Yes, see his humility. See his victory. But go and tell. Well, what do I tell? Tell your story. Tell your truth. Tell of your experience. Don't wait to have it all together till you reach a certain level. Because we have great news that is worth sharing. By the way, by the way, this message is going to get louder because by the end of chapter 28 of Matthew, Jesus, the risen Lord, will say to his disciples, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Go and tell them what you have seen and what you have heard. And I want to say this morning, if that is your reality, then go and tell that you have a living Savior to proclaim to a dying world because it's the best news story ever. The four invitations of Easter, what are they? Come, see, go, tell. Say it with me. Come, 
see, go, tell. Here's my last message. If you are a believer here this morning, the command for you is to go and tell. Let's get ready to stand and sing. Come on, let's stand to our feet. If you don't yet believe, listen to me. Stand and sing. Come on, let's stand and sing. Let's get our masks ready. You're invited. You're invited to come and see because the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Come, see, go, tell. Come, see, go, tell.